it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting once again from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who will not be appearing on the Jimmy Kimmel show this coming Wednesday, but Joe Biden throwing a late night Hail Mary to boost his poll numbers by appearing on the fourth highest rated late night show in the country. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. It would seem that way. We will discuss an odd pairing in this hour between a guy the country's been laughing at for years and also Jimmy Kimmel, uh, plus an attempt to spin the gas crisis by Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Really is. We're going to discuss that with the great Bill Hammer, co-host of America's Newsroom. Heather Robinson will be here from the New York Post. We will also hear from Kentucky Representative James Comey. And, of course, your fine self at 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. We're back from Utica. We survived. And uh, the rules remain in place. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Really quick, if you came out to Fat Cats Comedy Club this weekend, thank you. That was outrageous. Yo, our crowd, is the, they're just the coolest people imaginable. Yes, they might have bought me uh, a few drinks too many. I'm not going to lie. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, fat, drunk, and stupid is exactly how we went through Utica this weekend, and it was glorious. So right off the top, very fast shout-outs. Frank, who, of course, owns and operates Tony's Pizza, makes the best greens on the planet. That was amazing. Bill Keeler and, you know, of course, the great Jeff Manaski showing us a fine time at WIBX. I do nominate Davey for president. Davey makes all the magic happen at IBX. I do think there's a presidential nomination in his future. Uh, and I have to thank everybody else. Doug Melans, who made the fantastic Fox Across America shirts. The fine folks at Nothing Bunt Cakes, who sent home some fabulous Bunt Cakes to the Fala family. Uh, I ate two of them. I had to try to get the rest away from Lincoln Fala. Shut your your mouth. No, Lincoln loved them. Lincoln and Jenny were big fans, so thank you. And I do, of course, have to shout out Jeff over at Babes, uh, who served us a life-saving brunch on Saturday. It was glorious. And, of course, the great Roberta, who calls into the show, who did not make me chicken riggies, but did send me her family recipe, along with some hot cherry peppers. It was a win. That's the, If the weekend had a theme, it was food and booze. We even got some glorious turkey joints which is a regional candy up there, like a chocolate candy. Uh, But, yes, long story short, I spent the weekend in Utica eating myself to death. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat look at you. (laughs) Look at me. I was on America's Newsroom this morning with the great Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. Hemmer will be joining us in this hour, and I do believe he was sent here to intervene after all the eating I did over the weekend. Put that cookie down now! But the real intervention taking place in this moment is in the White House, where they're sending Biden out to Kimmel this week. Of all the shows in the world, Jimmy Kimmel, man. You gotta do better than that. 
I mean, nothing against the guy. He's a nice enough fella, Jimmy Kimmel. But there's not really anybody watching the show, number one. Number two, it doesn't really have the credibility he's after. You see, when presidents go to late night shows, it's absolutely an exercise in image rehabilitation. They're looking for a friendly interview. You know, they're looking for a soft interview. You know, this, for all intents and purposes, is a bouncy castle. You know, when you're talking about soft interviews, because Jimmy Kimmel is in a late night hostage situation. You understand he's a guy that is beyond a partisan hack when it comes to, you know, the activism he espouses on the air. It's not even that, you know, he's a sellout to the left. He's in a situation where he has to sell out because he did so many sketches in blackface that if he were to take, not forget a conservative position, if he were to take a centrist position, just a centrist position, they would drag him out of that show in five seconds. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So there's a lot of activism masquerading as comedy in late night. That's why Gutfeld's kicking everybody's ass. I'll be on Gutfeld's show this Friday. It'll be great. And I said it on America's Newsroom. If Biden wanted to help himself, he should come on Gutfeld. Number one, the audience is much bigger. But number two... You know, he would demonstrate an ability to coexist. He would make an attempt at unity. Okay, going on the Jimmy Kimmel show doesn't do any of that. Number one, like I said, the ratings aren't there. Number two, the entire audience is as far left as you can go. It's basically AOC with a house band. AOC is a dope. And so is Jimmy Kimmel, you know, because, again, he's not out there every night doing traditional late-night comedy where you don't know where he stands. He's just trying to distract you from the events of the torments of your life with a couple of jokes. He is out there stumping, and he has to stump. You don't understand. Like, he was re- he was wearing blackface, like, all the time. It wasn't like he did it once. He was doing it all the time. If Jimmy Kimmel comes out and he's like, I'm a Republican, oh, he is gone. Okay, but if you're a Democrat, you're fine. Don't ever forget, Ralph Northam was able to serve his entire term out in the state of Virginia, despite images that showed him in his high school yearbook wearing a Klan robe. What the hell did you just say? In his yearbook page. Do you remember that? He got busted because we were like, yo, Mr. Mr. I call all the Republicans racist. What are you doing in a Klan robe? And he apologized. And then you know what he said the next day, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard. He goes, well, on second thought, it might not have been me in the Klan robe. I might have been the guy in the blackface. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Oh, well, in that case, you weren't the Klan guy. You were just the blackface guy. But in the Democratic worldview, yes, you could just be the blackface guy and you'll be fine as long as you happen to be a Democrat. And that's where Joe Biden's headed. He's heading out to Jimmy Kimmel for some image rehabilitation. He'll sit down. He'll refer to him as Jimmy Fallon accidentally two or three times. He'll probably call him Johnny Carson. (laughs) Where's Ed tonight, Johnny? You can't smoke in here anymore? What's going on? And then they'll you know, sit down, have some laughs, make fun of Republicans, but it won't move the needle. That's the problem Biden keeps having. You know, they use an adage a lot in comedy called read the room. He's not reading the national room well at all because he continues to govern to the far left wing of his party. He continues to schedule, you know, when it comes to this late night show to the far left wing of the country. OK, this is a Joe Biden whose last press conference, his last actual interview, was with Lester Holt on February 10th. I don't remember that ever happening. Think about that. We remember it. It was right before the Super Bowl, okay? He sat down with Lester Holt February 10th, okay? So now you're talking about March, April, May, June, four full months.
before this guy has faced any type of live ammo in terms of questions. And he's certainly not going to face any from Jimmy Kimmel, who's just going to be like, what's it like replacing, like, literally Hitler in the White House? What's it like, you know, knowing you've, like, brought the adults back into the room? And what are they really going to talk about? It's Wednesday night. Okay, they're going to be talking about the January 6th committee, which, of course, kicks off Thursday in prime time. The Democrats are holding their January 6th hearings this week in prime time with the goal being we need to paint Republicans as too extreme to be back in power again. That's the whole point of the January 6th committee. It's to try and get as much exposure for the Capitol riot, something we all condemned in real time, and try to leverage that heading towards the midterms. Correct the mundo. I mean, there's no two ways about it because they can't run on their record. Okay, when inflation's at a 40-year high and people are turning tricks to pay for a gallon of gas, there's a national shortage of baby food, and the overrun border has led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Okay, they've got to play up January 6th, even if most of us realize it wasn't an attempt to overthrow the government. It was horrific. It was embarrassing, but it was unarmed. It was a bunch of lunatics in Chewbacca bikinis. But they weren't there posing an existential threat to our democracy. You sound silly when you say it. But the whole point for the Democrats is, again, to do what? To say, oh, the Republicans are too extreme. We can't have them in power. Yo, you want to know what's extreme? A 40-year high in inflation. You want to know what's extreme? $5.85 gas when I filled up my Bronco this morning. Okay, it's higher in other parts of the country. You want to know what's extreme? Starving babies who have a shortage of formula. You want to know what's extreme? 107,000 fentanyl overdose poisoning deaths. That's extreme. Okay, none of it was going on under Trump. None of it happened because of January 6th. All of it happened because of Joe Biden. And that's why when you go on a show like Jimmy Kimmel thinking you're going to tell a few jokes and save your presidency, you, my friend, have become the joke. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to the great Bill Hemmer. He is, of course, the co-anchor of America's Newsroom. He's joining us in the next break. But right now, I do have to play you uh, a couple of quick clips from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I started the show off by, I know, people always take it hard. I give you a trigger warning. We're all in this together. Isn't that what they say? If I got to cover this stuff, uh, Fox Across America, we always call it America's family meeting. Well, if dad's got to deal with it, I'm the deadbeat dad at the head of the dinner table. Uh, You guys got to deal with it, too. All right. So here we go. Okay, Biden is on Kimmel this week. That's what I was talking about off the top of the show. He's going on the fourth rated late night show in the country. I mean, Rick, can you get the president on something with ratings? Not that he's actually going to move the needle himself. But anyway, okay, they're conducting a carefully coordinated exercise in image rehabilitation because we're very close to the midterms now. And the Democrats made an internal calculation that they're not going to be able to change anything on a substantive level for voters between now and the midterms. So they're doing what? They're going on this MAGA kick, you know, ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, can't believe it's not MAGA. He's going on Jimmy Kimmel Wednesday. Why? Because the January 6th committee kicks off in prime time on Thursday. They're trying to get the message out there Wednesday night. Well, we got this January 6th thing happening. Everybody better watch. This is the truth. You know, normally people go on late night shows to promote a movie that's coming out, to promote a book they just wrote. Biden is literally going on Jimmy Kimmel to promote his newest project, which is a desperate attempt to slander every Republican in the midterms with what happened on January 6th. Tell them like it is. And that's all January 6th is. We know why it happened. We know how it happened. And we were condemning it in real time. I said the day of. Trump should not have been giving a speech down the block from the Capitol for the pure fact that there could have been the potential for things to go sideways, at which point the Democrats would try to use it in in an attempt to gain the moral high ground, which is exactly what they've done. They used January 6th as a, you know, oh, the whole country's a bunch of white supremacists. That's what it is. And never mind, they weren't storming the Capitol because of anyone's race. They were storming the Capitol because they didn't trust the integrity of the election. But what did the Democrats do? As we all condemned it in real time, they tried to retrofit it as an attempt to overthrow the government. Democrats are so full of crap. Really, though? It was a deadly white supremacist coup attempt, said the media. Never mind that the only person who died was an unarmed female Trump supporter. The media ran out there every day and said, I was a coup attempt and it's going to happen again. The media is a bunch of losers. Are they ever? But they are going to be all over this Thursday night. Yo, they're actually having it in prime time. When was the last time you watched a congressional hearing in prime time? It is an actual made for TV event. That they're hoping to use. They're going to show you extra footage. Here's other stuff getting broke. Here's people getting attacked. Again, it's bad. I'm not telling you it's good. I'm not telling you it's okay. You know, if you're storming the Capitol, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a... And this is the same thing we said in the summer of 2020 when they were lighting Washington, D.C. on fire. 
You know, that's the problem in this country. When there's a double standard, there's no standard. Okay, we all condemn the political violence on the right in the aftermath of January 6th. But was anybody condemning the violence in the summer of 2020? The answer would be no. Of course not. Kamala Harris actually tweeted a link to bail out the the, the protesters who burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in Minneapolis. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! Oh, she's terrible. But you understand, this week, they are conducting an exercise in image rehabilitation. Where even the view was talking about last week. Oh, we gotta make sure the Johnny Depp thing doesn't distract from January sixth. Here's Whoopi Goldberg, that dope, flat out saying, you know, people aren't gonna pay attention to January sixth the way they did Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, the horror. Here it is, clip twenty-four. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were both found liable for defaming each other. So Depp ended up with a little over ten million while Heard got two million. Now some people Calling the verdict a big win for Depp and a blow to the Me Too movement and vice versa. So is it just that people now have to find something else to do? Because you know they're not going to pay the same attention to the, the January 6th committee. You know, this, people are not going to be all into that. So is it people need a spectacle? Is this why yes. people are asking these questions? <laughs> Are you stupid or something? Yeah, she is stupid. Never forget, this is the same woman who said Jill Biden should be Surgeon General because she's a great doctor. <laughs> she's not a doctor. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would do? never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, oh, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a I think she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> it's funnier every time. Dr. Jill Biden be a great Surgeon General because she's a great doctor. Actually, she's not a doctor, Whoopi. What an idiot. But do you see she's out there saying, oh, they're not going to watch the January 6th hearing. You want to know why they're not going to watch the January 6th hearing? Because we already had one. Oh, Yo, they impeached Donald Trump after he left office. Do you remember? Because they were desperately trying to keep him off the ballot down the road. They impeached a president post-presidency. Aired all of this footage, trotted Jamie Raskin out to the podium to lecture us about the dangers of challenging the electoral vote count. Oh, by the way, Jamie Raskin, he himself objected to the electoral vote count when Trump won in 2016. That's just how white folks will do you. So the reason nobody cares, the reason they've bumped it up to prime time, the first one didn't work. The second one's not going to work. There's nothing about January 6th we don't already know. Okay, they impeached Donald Trump for incitement. Is Donald Trump being charged criminally with incitement? The answer would be no. Of course not. It was a terrible thing. It shouldn't have happened. Okay, but again, I was condemning political violence before it became trendy. Okay, the Democrats sat out two years of it and want to act surprised now that there's a little bit of backlash. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we're pulling an Ernie Banks right now. Ernie Banks, Chicago Cubs legend, once famously said it's a nice day, let's play two. Well, joining us now for the second leg of a doubleheader. We, we played one on America's Newsroom earlier. He is, of course, the co-anchor of America's Newsroom, host of the Hammer Time podcast. Bill Hammer in studio to play two. Hey, hello, man. Hello, amigo. How are you? I wore my uh, the uh, loudest jacket I had in my yeah. closet. <laughs> are we competing now? No, we're not competing. Uh, right. We're sharing. All right. Just, I dig that. But I, I want you to uh-huh. understand that on your show. I don't wear loud clothes on newsroom. I didn't say it was loud. No, no, loud. I, I know, but there, are, there's, there, there is this weird expectation. Because once uh-huh. I walked on set the other day, Dana's like, oh, that's a pretty mellow jacket. And I was like, yes, <laughs> because I'm trying to look like an adult on newsroom. <laughs> right. You know, like my nighttime wardrobe is a cry for help. I look uh-huh. like I'm in a Liberace cover band. Uh-huh. But, but newsroom, I look like a guy who's going to court because he punched somebody at a Rangers game. <laughs> and he's trying to curry favor with a judge, you see. Listen, I think you always look good. Well, All right, so and I, and I appreciate the... Uh, Sartorial additions yeah. that you bring <laughs> to the broadcast. Way to stick the landing on that yeah, one. About that, huh? Thank you for staying. I was searching the... for it, no problem. Well, Keep we going. are playing too. I feel I feel uh-huh. like I owe you an old style beer. Did you ever drink old style? You know what? Maybe once or twice. Come to think of, I never liked it. Though. It took me a long time to like mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. I mean, I had to, you know, same guy. Yeah, I wasn't into it. You know? Yeah, I don't have the look of a guy who's not a big beer drinker. But yeah, in the same way, I mean, a lot of your buddies probably were drinking warm beer when they were sixteen years oh, old. Yeah, you go, man, that's uh, not only does it stink, but yeah. it doesn't taste very good. It's no good. But when yes. you see at that age, you got to play the teams on the schedule. You right. take what you can get. That's right. You know, back in the that's day. Right. But I don't. But Bill Hemmer is in the house. We were talking earlier on newsroom about Biden going on Jimmy Kimmel. Now, in my head, it really crystallized. We didn't get to this on newsroom, but I actually think you. You know, whenever you go on a late night show, it's because you're launching a movie, or you got a book coming mm-hmm. out or whatever. I actually think the project he's launching is the January 6th committee. They're probably trying to draw attention to it Wednesday night because it kicks off in primetime Thursday. Thursday, 8 o'clock. I didn't think about that possibly. Me neither. I, I don't know why we're giving this so much attention. Yeah. I just no, I, don't, silly. I don't think yet it deserves it. Now, mm-hmm. if something is said or asked that yeah. is relevant, okay, okay, then yeah. we run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last time he did a one-on-one interview with a news person yes. was the 10th of February. I don't, how many days is that? Is we're talking March, four or five April, months here. May, yeah. June. We're talking 120 days. Yeah, I mean, that was before the Cincinnati Bengals lost the Super Bowl. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. But you knew it was on my mind. <laughs> when, it was funny. when Dana brought it up on Newsroom, she's like, well, the Super Bowl interview, I dove yeah. on the landmine because <laughs> I wanted you. to cover you. Hammer. I appreciate it. She probably didn't follow up because she knew I would have gone off for the next five minutes. But that was, <laughs> a, that was, that was the Super Bowl Lester Holt interview that every president does pre-Super yes. Bowl. Uh-huh. So. Well, that, but that's why I think this is such a – it is, it's a weak showing, and uh, I think it's a bad attempt at image rehabilitation. But I think ultimately they'll probably talk January 6th and hope to hear some eyeballs That's that an interesting way. point. You're probably not wrong about that because it's 8 o'clock on Thursday night. What I think will be very interesting will be the Nielsen ratings that come out Friday morning mm-hmm. as to how many people tune in to watch. Yeah, well, people need to keep in mind that not you or I are on Gutfeld this Wednesday night. I believe you're on tonight, maybe? Yes, correct. And I'm on Friday. Oh, man, I would so, like to be on with you. That'd be a good one, Hammer. You would be funny. I don't know. We have a good time on Gutfeld. Yeah. <laughs> 
can wear all loud coats. We can get it together. <laughs> hey, we can do it. Look at the two guys over there. Come on, Hammer. Uh, Bill Hammer's in studio. Well, the bigger Biden trip that's been on my mind is this idea that he could be going over to Saudi Arabia to, you know, beg them to bump up production a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This is still a crisis of our own making. No matter how he spins it or Pete Buttigieg spins this, we don't need the Saudis. We don't need the Venezuelans if we just solve the problem here at home. Yeah, damn straight. But it's just not an option. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right about it. I, I think the catch in all of this, mm-hmm. however, is that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We were energy independent. Yeah. Yeah, 10 years ago, fracking was a question because you thought it contributed to earthquakes. Mm -hmm. So we go out to western Pennsylvania, northeastern Ohio. We start talking to the farmers about how they're instant millionaires. And you know what happened ever since then? They just became more and more instant millionaires. We've got the technology, right? We we could be doing that. And that's the part that I think is so frustrating is because what it rings of to me is when we're buying it somewhere else, we're not cutting consumption. And in fact, we're buying it off somebody who burns fuel in a far filthier manner than we do. Yes. So it's like the mafia just doesn't want to get their hands dirty. That's like right. we're going to write a check for somebody else to do that thing. I would just say that I don't assume that people just don't understand it because uh-huh. they do. Yeah. And, and they see through it. and They see through the policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erdogan had an issue with Saudi Arabia recently, right? Mm-hmm. And it took him around to coming back to... Mm-hmm a point where Erdogan could go to Riyadh, and he yeah. went there and he bowed. Yeah. And that was his decision to make. Is Joe Biden going to go to Saudi Arabia and bow? After declaring them a pariah nation? Look, he, he made a phone call, and apparently the phone call wasn't taken. But you're exactly right about what you say, Jimmy, whether it's OPEC in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. or whether it's Russia uh, mm-hmm. and, and Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the whole argument is about it, – it's not about the United States of America. Yeah. It's not about the District of Washington. Mm-hmm. It's about the world. And whether you're burning it here or burning it there, it should have the same effect, right? You would think. I, I do believe that's that's what the science would tell us. That's why it's so absurd. Bill Hammer is in studio in a fine sport coat, I Thank might you, add. Brother. I mean, no, he brought the A game this week. This is, I'm, this is uh, my June, July, August. <laughs> Uh, we're playing a we're playing a home game. Should I keep it or should I burn? No, no, it, it works. It, it's a uh, win, man. Uh, you it's, are. No, no, that's a win. I'm on. Okay. That. okay. And I gotta go. I, I'm actually meeting with wardrobe today after the show. We have uh, like our our spring get together. Yeah. You know, I am not the reason that Gwen retired. By the way, I know there's a hot rumor Gwen Martyr, who was here for 25 she years, she just gave up. <laughs> she just left. She didn't yeah. announce it. She just bailed. She was like, "No more Fela. I'm out of here." But uh, no, I'll be there with Manny and Jenna. It's going to be great. But you know, the polling does show. I mean, this is where at least you know Biden is demonstrating some offensive awareness. The polling does show gas prices in the economy are the entire midterm election. Sure. Which is why I think January 6th in prime time is a fool's errand. There's nobody okay with well, January 6th. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Did I cut you off? No, there? get in there, I, man. I just, uh, where is it going to lead? And are you going to bring a witness who says that on January 5th, they knew if such and such people showed up in Washington, D.C., that they would storm the House? Yeah. Can you prove that? Yeah. If you can, whole different story. Mm-hmm. If you can't, we're all back in the same corners that yep. we have been based mm-hmm. on how we interpret the events of that day. That, that's how it started. Period. Yeah. Am, am uh-huh. I wrong? No, we're just rewatching the impeachment trial. It's like they gave us a sequel to the, the second impeachment and, and Jimmy, that nobody asked and for. And if that's the case by the weekend, unless there is this 
incredible bombshell. And I know Lynn Cheney, I, I know what she said over the weekend, that yeah. they, they've presented a very good story. And we'll see. I don't know, man. But, it, but if they haven't, then the meter doesn't move and we're on to something else. I'm with you 100%. I don't think we're watching Top Gun Maverick here. The oh, sequels right. go. Have you seen it? Uh, I have. Hey, I, I, I have not. Okay. There's no spoilers, really. Don't ruin it. No, I, I would never do that to you. I would never that do was that. The, that. When that thing was out, uh-huh. 1986? Yeah. 88? Yeah, it was 86. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It was That's a, all anybody a, could talk about. No, it was a big deal, man. It was a big deal because it was— the need for speed. Because it was different. You know what It's I, like when Star Wars came out. It's mm-hmm. different. Uh-huh. Jurassic Park, it's different. Top it's, Gun was a different film. It absolutely was. What's fascinating, too, is, you know, they had their big sing-along in the original. They sing, you've lost that love and mm-hmm. feeling. I miss bar camaraderie like that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, no one's, no one's <laughs> singing along in a bar. People are staring yeah. at their phone, posting stuff on the gram. Yeah, I mean, maybe the places you go, probably a little more hoity-toity. The places I go, no way. Yeah, maybe we could bring that back, Jimmy. <laughs> and you, you might be the guy who can do it. Sing along. Yeah, Come I mean, on, look, Hammer. you walk in the room, you make everybody happy. I try. I'm, I'm, you know what I am at Fox News? I'm like, you know how the, I'm like a dog with a job. You know when you go to the airport, the dog sniffing bags, his tail's always wagging because he can't believe they're counting on the dog to save the plane. I'm the same way. I'm like, I can't believe they're counting on me to save this segment. It's unbelievable. Well done. People pet my stomach. They throw me tennis balls. It's a mess. Sit. Where do you think, uh, after all of this talk about them being close on some type of bipartisan gun reform, what do you think we're looking at? Something symbolic? Mm. Tough to say. Um, we had Pat Toomey on today, I did see a Republican that, yeah. senator from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been really the forefront of this issue, going back to Sandy Hook 2012, 2013. He's leaving Congress after two terms. Uh, that's coming up soon. And um, there's a certain irony in that that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get a – listen, maybe he was just keeping his cards – keeping his powder dry, Jimmy. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get the sense. Yeah. That there was going to be something at the end of this week, which is mm-hmm. sort of the timetable that Schumer gave them to try and yeah. push them into mm-hmm. some sort of mutual decision. Could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Don't know what that is. Um, I, I think what they're doing in Florida is kind of interesting with the red flag laws. You know, a lot of people have a problem with that because you could snitch on me as my neighbor whether you have a claim or not. But yeah. you could use a red flag to, to get mm-hmm. me in trouble. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the complaints coming down on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I just I, I didn't get a great sense of optimism from his tone. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I, my, my frustration is I think we should all be able to agree that the commonality here is that these are individuals who, for whatever reason, you know, are on the wrong end of mental health. They've slipped through society, you know, be it a failing home and parental situation. Like we should be tackling that at the very least, because I'd like to think there was common ground there. But it doesn't actually seem like the mental health issue is a place of common ground. Like people cop to it, but the Democrats don't seem to consider it a serious starting point. I don't know how you legislate that, but you could Mm -hmm. um, put more time, attention and money into the process itself. Yeah. Which, well, they both like spending money. I would, I would well, think that, that would, at the very least, would be a fact. Yeah. Oh well, sure. they spend money, man. I yeah. mean, unbelievable. You know, I, I thought what the president said last week when he made his appeal, and he said, "If you don't do this, then at least raise the mm-hmm. age limit mm-hmm. from eighteen to twenty-one." But I don't, I don't think that it doesn't seem to me as if that has much traction either. I'm with you. I mean, and how are you going to tell a kid he's got to go defend the country, but he can't defend himself? Seems a little crazy. I understand the argument. Mm -hmm. Your point about mental health, Mm -hmm. we can do that. Yeah. Your point about school security, Mm -hmm. we can do that. Yeah. 
and be a place to start. Red, red, red flags? Mm-hmm. We might be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you get 60 votes in this Congress? Wow. Oh, that's a uphill pot, I mean, Bill Last time it came around, I think you only had 40 Democrats, I do believe, who voted with um, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're not as hungry for this fight as they make it sound like in the media either. Not on the verge of the midterms with enough other issues that they're facing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you look across the country, I do believe, you know, you can make a case for wanting to restrict the access to certain weapons. But on the whole, Mm -hmm. the support for the Second Amendment is there, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. Well, um if you wanted to do background checks, yeah. let's let's say we reach your Democrat, I'm a Republican, yeah. reach common ground on that. We put that in the legislation, we write it up. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, if you were to have that in law, mm-hmm. you would not have stopped Sandy Hook. That's a great point. I saw you say that to Toomey. If you would have put background checks into law in Uvalde, Texas, you would not have stopped that either. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But it's—I mean, it's true, yeah. So these—this mm. is this is a tough thing to to nail down if you want to make it. If you want to make it perfect, yeah. And we're it, a f- long way from that. It, it's it's far. It's far. We're talking to the great Bill Hammer. Uh, we've had a, we've covered everything. You know, the thing about Hammer is it's an old skate. You know, when you go to the roller rink, they used to have like the they'd have the couple skate, they'd have the young skate, the old skate. It's an all skate. You know, you throw the you throw the comb in your back pocket, you get out there, yeah, that's you right. bit comb, you make some moves. How was your skating game back in the day? I was Could not bad actually. Yeah. When I, uh, roller roller yeah. skating. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Came out of the gate in the sixth grade, was flopping all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this isn't working out. Went home and thought about it. All right. And then, and the next month I came back and was. Uh, Respectable. <laughs> you, you know what it is? Uh, so for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I was at the roller derby there at Rustin Rollerama. I was respectable. You had sk- But okay. the first time out, man, I was a mess. Well, you were a runner. Little kids run on roller skates in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. They don't trust the wheels. They run like they're in shoes. Fair. That's what happens. And then you need some type of a mascot. Like what saved me, same uh-huh. thing, is I wanted to skate with a girl named Heather Furrer, but I had no game. And Heather Furrer wanted to skate. And it wasn't until I saw the Skatosaurus at United Skates of America just kind of gliding along. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's wheels. Just let them kind of do their mm-hmm. thing, Jimbo. And then I had I had real, you know, real skill. I had game. Uh-huh. You know, I could get out there. I could skate. But she was better than you at first, well, she right? She was Heather Furrer. I mean, she uh-huh. had it together. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? She had but the name. I always did the thing. Did you make that up? I, no. I always, Heather Furrer. No, no we're, still, we're all still friends to this day. But okay. I, I had whatever con- – this is the thing about me. Whatever conversational yeah. acumen I possess, I've had since I was five. So you're not watching, like, the ascendancy of a career. You're watching a child star go downhill right now. Because I, I, I always had games, so I was always, like, punching beyond my weight class, uh-huh. especially at the roller rink. Because if you could skate laps with a girl and make her laugh, like, mm-hmm. you were the man. That's right. You know, so I was crushing yeah. it. Yeah, did you have the moonlight dance? I, I didn't. Did <laughs> I you have quite, that? I wasn't, well, I, they used to do it. We well, had a moonlight skate yeah. where they bring the lights down. They yeah. put the disco ball yes. up there. Yes, we used to do that at a place called America on Wheels. Uh-huh. And then they took it one step further. So you did the dance. You did the disco ball. They used to have races at America on Wheels. And you would win a big comb. Because a comb in your back pocket, we used to wear Smiths. Uh-huh. You were considered the man. If you had a comb. Yeah. So you used to race for a comb. And it used to get heated. This wasn't an everybody gets a trophy. Well, Everyone great. didn't get a comb. Yeah, well, again, we're talking like sixth, seventh, I eighth mean, grade. I mean, Jimmy's got the comb. I got that comb. Wow. No, no. Well, you got to want it, Hammer. They don't just give those combs yeah, away. I, I hear you. Absolutely. <laughs> we, were at the, we were at the West. Western Rollerama on Crookshank Road. Oh, were you ever? Yeah. I think it's actually still there, Jimmy. Is it real? Wow, that's yeah, amazing. it wasn't a great place back then. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, United Skates is where SEAL Team 6 goes to get scared. Oh. I mean, it's dicey. <laughs> oh, it's dicey. That Skatosaurus. Nice. <laughs> he's the only, uh, somehow he's the one dinosaur who didn't go extinct, and that is against all odds, you know. But Bill Hammer, the greatest. Nice. Uh, fine fashion choice, as nice, always. Thank you. I wore this for you, and I'm not kidding. No, man. no, I'm flattered. I, I looked mean, in my closet, and I said, Jimmy's going to like that. <laughs> the Fox Nation crowd. They're the standing O on Fox Nation right now. The best. We're back after this. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call oh, it. This. this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. You don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The great MAGA king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles, or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and club, the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to Puerto Rico. We are Puerto Rico. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and you better believe. That they are playing up the MAGA King this week on White House television. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Biden's going on Jimmy Kimmel. I was just discussing this with Bill Hemmer Wednesday night. Wednesday night, why? Because come Thursday, the January 6th committee kicks off. They want to bring as much attention to this as possible because this is what we're back to now. You can't afford uh, gas. There's no baby formula for your kid. When you go to the school, the, the prices now. Oh, my goodness gracious. At the grocery store, we were buying burgers yesterday. They're literally double, double of what they were a year ago. So they're going out there this week trying to play up the Capitol for a second time under the auspices that you'll overlook a record high level of inflation, a baby formula shortage, you know, a crisis at the pump, a crisis at the border. We're on the spending our way into World War III, so they want you to believe, well, but look at it on the bright side. We're out here protecting you from white supremacy. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Truer words have never been spoken. We will continue to speak them in the next hour. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up in this hour to have a big boy, big girl, big they, big them talk about issues facing this country. Heather Robertson's going to be here from the New York Post, and you yourself welcome to join as well at 888 788 
800-529-9910. It's a show with one rule. I, of course, am a conservative, unapologetically so, but I don't actually care what you think. I'm not here to steer your vote. I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist, so this is very much an audio-safe space for cool people where you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a... That is it. And I lay out the rules one more time because in this hour, Fox Across America is launching on a brand new affiliate. Where we're moving on oh, girl. There it is. A big, fat, plus-sized Fox Across America shout-out to the legends at WENG down in Englewood, Florida. It is the information station. So whether you're listening for the first time on 98.1 FM, 107.5 FM, or 15.30 AM, I say welcome. Welcome to the Fox Across America movement. Uh, we are, by definition, the fastest-growing radio show in the country, and it's not uh, because of anything I'm doing. Uh, my radio superpower is the fact that I don't have one. I'm a regular guy. I spent most of my life driving a taxi here in New York City. And when I get on the air every day, I'm very much talking to you uh, like a taxi passenger in that I'm giving you a level of weapons-grade honesty that you give to someone if you're never going to see them again. There's no fear of them thinking you're crazy or nuts. Yo, I know I'm nuts. And I'm just going to level with you day in and day out. We take the issues in this country very seriously. We do not take ourselves seriously at all. But, yes, long story short, Fox Across America is a lot like driving in my cab. Uh, <laughs> although I'm going to be honest, it does smell a little bit better. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be booing that, kid. You should be cheering that. This is, a, this is as if they brought in an air freshener to the taxi. So there you go. And you'd rather me be driving at this point, whether it was cab driving Jimmy Fallon or it was radio host Jimmy Fallon, because I am keeping this car on the road, unlike the president of the United States, who, let's be honest, if you gave this guy the keys for two minutes. <laughs> Joe Biden is just an out and out disaster. We were discussing this earlier on America's Newsroom. I was on with the great Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino out in the state of Washington. Jay Inslee passed a law. He's the governor. Remember that jackass he ran for president and, you know, environmental stuff? Well, out in Washington, Jay Inslee passed a law that people don't have to pull over for the cops when the flashes are on and the cops are trying to stop them. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They have 934 reported incidents this year where people have fled police pursuit because they've been told by the governor, oh, you don't have to pull over for the cops. The cops are an existential threat to the community, which is a garbage lie. But this is a byproduct of everything the Democrats have been peddling since the summer of 2020 when they got out there and tried to convince people in the aftermath of the heinous George Floyd killing that police were a bigger threat to the community than the criminals that they swore to protect us against. That is a fact check false. Yo, there is no world, none, zero, zip, zilch, where we'd be safer with less cops. There is no world where we'd be safer with less police authority. Out in the state of Washington, their murder rate is up 46%. And their governor is doing what? He is undermining police authority even 
further. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And I start in Washington, but we're going to make our way to L.A. because Heather Robinson from the New York Post of stopping by in this hour has an op-ed out about the fact that in L.A. crime is soaring. They have something called follow home robberies where they see somebody walking out of a fancy restaurant. They see him walking out of a nightclub with jewelry on. And gangs are now following them home and robbing them outside their house where there are less people around and in some instance shooting them, which is something we're going to discuss because it's in her article today. And this is no different than what I'm experiencing in New York. Okay, no different than what people are experiencing in Chicago. And what do every single one of these cities with surging crime rates have in common? The cops have been drastically undermined by Democratic leadership. Bingo. I'm just telling you because I care. This is not a statement of of political allegiance. This is not a statement about race. This is a statement about humanity. We need the cops, okay? The cops are doing the single most important job in our society. Without the cops, we don't actually have a society. That's true. That is true. So when all those dopey Democrats were out there pushing to defund the police, do you understand they were doing it under the auspices that they cared about the black community? Ah, we're just looking out for the black community. Well, who do you think suffered the most when we defunded the police but the black community? Okay, the murder rate is up in the black community 35 percent because of people like Cori Bush and AOC who told you we didn't need the cops. Do you remember this? Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like this is the word that's coming from the streets. I mean, I'm not very versed. I mean, come on, AOC. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Such an idiot. I mean, weapons grade stupid. Why use defund? Because this is the language coming from the street. You sack. Oh, I get it. So let's do what the street wants, the criminals. Let's placate them in the name of pretend racism. Do you understand why they push these policies? It's because they don't affect them. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. A good example is defund the police. Cori Bush, who is out in St. Louis, a, a city again, Democratic run city, its murder rate is surging. She was aggressively pushing the defund movement. She still is to this day. And what happened? She got caught spending $210,000 on armed security. And what did she say in her defense? Of course, I have armed security, but you have to suck it up. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending two hundred thousand, if I spend ten, ten, ten more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Really think about that. Yes, suck it up. Defund the police has to happen. No, it doesn't. Okay, but this is the problem we're experiencing in America right now. The reason crime surged across the country, a lot of you have heard me say this before on TV and radio, is because we undermined faith in the police. We furthered the distrust between police and the communities they were sworn to protect. We slandered them at every turn for political gain. Okay, right now over the weekend, we had more shootings and killings yet again 
Then, sadly, the horrific Uvalde massacre, which, again, was horrible. It's not to be downplayed. But if we're really going to take this issue seriously, we have to start arresting criminals. Okay, for all this talk about legislation, all these new laws we're going to pass, if no one is going to jail, all the laws in the world don't actually matter. Okay, they're trying to recall the district attorney out in Los Angeles right now, Gascon, because that jackass ran over a woman and her child in a baby stroller, and Gascon decided that they were going to hit him with a traffic violation. A traffic violation. What the hell is the world coming to? Kid's going to be out in a month. Just ran over a mom and a kid in a stroller. Now, thankfully, the baby's okay. But if you've seen the viral video, he actually runs them over. Like, they flip over the car. They don't know the baby's okay from watching the video. We now know she is. But she's okay by the grace of God. She's not okay because he didn't try to kill her. He tried to kill her. He's right back out on the street. And when you keep... Refusing to hold criminals accountable, you embolden criminals. Like, let me give you an example. When you're a younger kid and you're trying to get into bars in like before you have an ID, okay, when the word gets out that there's a bar in town that's not checking ID, that bar gets a lot more crowded. I think he's got a point. Because people have been emboldened to go. It's no different than our southern border. When the word gets out that if you get caught at our border, you're getting let into the country— Border surges increase. I think he's got a point. I mean, that's where we are right now. We have seen more illegal border crossings in this country under Joe Biden than under any other president in history. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way for good reason, because the border, for all intents and purposes, has been a strategic failure where he has gotten out there. And told you, no, I'm all, it's not an open border. I'm here to secure the border. But the message is not what you say. The message is what you do. And when people walk a 1,000 miles to get to this country, if they get caught and get let into the country, they don't call their family and say, don't come. They call their family and say, hey, I got in. Joe Biden has turned America into that bar That's not checking ID. He has created a world of lawlessness where the lack of support for the police is emboldened in criminals, where the lack of jail accountability is emboldened in criminals, where the lack of scrutiny for our southern border and the record level of overdose deaths that have ensued under his watch is emboldened in cartels. Okay, cartels are loaded right now off of all the human trafficking and all the drugs they're smuggling into our country. Okay, and this is not something that was possible under the previous administration. Donald Trump, whatever you think of the guy, recognized that the border was the front door of the house. You all shut the front door of your house. It's not because you're racist. It's because you'd have to be an idiot not to want to know who's coming in or out of the house. Okay, but we live in an America that doesn't shut the front door of its house. It's idiotic. It's one of the dumbest things we've ever seen. But when it comes to crime, what's the big discussion right now? Oh, we need new gun laws. That's what we got to do. We need more, more laws. The NRA is bad. Get rid of the NRA. You believe these Republicans, they got to go. Okay, what did the jackass in Philadelphia who presided over a record level of shooting deaths this weekend say? It's long past time that we stand up to the NRA. You're the lowest form of life on earth. He really is. No, we got to stand up. Yo, here's a newsflash. NRA didn't shoot anybody. You know who shot people? Are you ready for it? Criminals did. And we have to hold criminals accountable. And under Joe Biden and Democratic leadership, that's not something we're doing right now. 
Okay, and you got to understand that's not a political point. That's a human point. Bad guys belong in jail. They belong in jail no matter what their race is, no matter what their gender is, no matter what they identify as. If you commit crime, okay, we had 12 people dead in shootings around the country this past weekend. Okay, we got at least a dozen killed. 38 others were injured. Mass shootings across the country. Okay, the worst violence was in Philadelphia. You had three people killed, 12 injured. In Chattanooga, Tennessee, two died, 12 injured. Okay, and this is Biden yelling, gun laws, gun laws. We need criminals to go to jail. We need a bigger police presence on the street. We don't need to de-arm and demilitarize the police because then the police are outgunned by the criminals. And again, every one of these laws only affects the law-abiding citizen because the newsflash, the criminals don't respect them. So when you talk about bipartisan gun legislation and stuff they're working on, okay, there's not going to be a lot done between now and the end of the week. That was Chuck Schumer's deadline. And all things considered, the Democrats themselves aren't as eager to pass some type of big-ticket gun reform because it's not actually popular with their constituents. More people, according to the polling that's out today, 70% of voters, they favor stricter prosecution for criminals as opposed to just taking away guns, restricting gun access. And understand, all of these lies told by the president about, oh, well, you know, this Second Amendment, you couldn't buy a cannon. Yeah, you could. Okay, but he says, well, deer, you know, deer didn't wear Kevlar vests when you go hunting. You know, the Second Amendment is not about hunting. The Second Amendment is about defending yourself against a tyrannical government that just might turn on you at some point. And I say this again and again and again. I'm not obviously calling for a civil war or any kind of uprising, but the government doesn't respect you now as an armed population. The government told you you can't go to church, you can't go to work, you can't go to school. We said, but there's no data to support locking down. They said, shut up and stay home. The government said, you got to get a vaccine, whether you want one or not. But what about natural immunity? Say it again and you're fired. That's what they said to you. What about women's reproductive rights? The vaccine could affect them. Shut your mouth. And then what did they do a couple of months later when the abortion debate heated up? They said, oh, hey, ho, my body, my choice. Come on, man, abortion. My body, my choice. You're like, and where was my body, my choice when we were talking about the vaccine? I'm telling you now, we're led by clowns. That's the big issue in this moment. And the reason crime is surging and the reason we're seeing record levels of death in inner cities is because those deaths aren't politically viable. Someone shoots up a school, let's go bash the NRA and the right-wing Republicans. Yay! You know, but if it doesn't fit the narrative, Okay, if it's not a white shooter, if it's not the type of shooting and weapon they prefer, they're going to hear about it. When was the last time any of you talked about the parade murder in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where a black man who had posted extensively on Facebook about the need to rise up and kill white people ran over 42 white people at a parade? There were no calls by Democrats to, you know, Eliminate legal protection for car manufacturers so we could sue them if someone committed a crime with their vehicle. No, because that's not a politically viable death. But you have to understand again and again and again, as someone who legitimately cares about this country, okay, when there's a double standard, there's no standard. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Heather Robinson from the New York Post in the next break. Batting leadoff from Longview, Texas. Joe's listening on KTBB. Yo, Joe. Jimmy, good afternoon, I guess. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'll I'll pass on an idea I had. It's way back when Elizabeth Warren was saying defund ICE. So we got it. It's called the roadside hazard uh, option. And just like in your insurance, you don't have to take the roadside hazard. Mm -hmm. But if you break down, you're going to pay full fare for getting towed. So let people opt out of police um, please uh, support. Let them defund it. They'll get a check back in the mail for their portion of the taxes. But they register their phone number, their vehicle, their address. If they need the police, accident report, burglary, or if they call 911, they got to put up a credit card first. <laughs> it's real simple. So, And I'll bet you I want a Republican to promote that. And make a motion and uh, see how many defunders are there because if they want to opt out of police force, great. Yeah. But it, it's a double edged sword, so let them. Yeah. There's nothing that says that, that you know, capitalism will solve this. But I, I thought the same thing when uh, Elizabeth Warren was saying the same thing about ICE. Yeah. And I said, good, put up flyers two blocks around her house that says this is a nice free zone and print it in Spanish and let the MS-13 know where that is. I mean, the problem is she wrote it in smoke signals and nobody could read it but her. That was the issue. But you know what, Joe? These are brilliant ideas and it's a crime that I'm losing you to a commercial break. We've got Heather Robinson coming up. I am going to float Joe's proposal to Heather Robinson because why the heck not? If you're going to yell and scream about the cops, I mean, you're right. You don't deserve the cops. Yo, cops, I deserve you. No matter how many times you pulled me over in my taxi, I still got your back. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are so fired up to talk to this next guest. She's damn good friend of the show. I mean, I say so. We should probably have the what are we talk. Fantastic writer at the New York Post, Heather Robinson, back on the program. Yo, Heather. Hey, Jimmy. Are are you a damn good friend of the show as I identify you? Absolutely. Okay, I'm within I my am. rights. I am. I love your show and your positive energy, and I've, I've always loved it. And okay. Absolutely. Heather, come on, man. You should have been my agent. I mean, that's high praise, Heather. Where the hell were you when <laughs> yes. I was negotiating this contract? I get paid in cheese sticks. Come on, Heather. Well, this is crazy. I was, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember, you know, you've always been, you know, a great, great source of, you know, not just humor, but, but insight and rationality. And that's not, there's not enough like you, Jimmy, but uh, that's why you're you. Well, that might be. According to HR, it's a good thing that there aren't a lot like me, but <laughs> I'll stick with you and thank you. Thank you for the high praise. Well, listen, most of the things I know, most of the wind, w- the wisdom I distill are things I acquired driving a taxi in the city. Like, I kind of understand mm-hmm. human nature pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, the law and order situation in this country is often depicted as one of politics, but it's one of human nature. And mm-hmm. your fascinating mm-hmm. piece you just wrote wrote about, uh, it's in the New York Post, they can read it, uh, and we will certainly point them that way, is basically just talking about how we've emboldened criminals on on such a vast level that human nature Mm -hmm. just means we're going to see more crime, no? Yes, yes. You know, I think I'm a behaviorist pretty much. You know, I think most beings 
will do, you know, what they perceive to be uh, rewarding to themselves and will avoid something that is going to have negative consequences. And I think the climate that's been created recently with some of these lax um, enforcement policies in places like Los Angeles and other big cities has made crime pay for more people. And uh, yeah, I That's, think it's 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 the innocent paying the price. It's so crazy because what you're writing about in Los Angeles is specifically follow home robberies. And the way I explained mm-hmm. it to my audience is there are gangs that are targeting people who are leaving high-end restaurants or nightclubs and basically just following yes. them home where there's nobody around and attacking them. Is that basically what it is? That's right, Jimmy. Yes, it's uh, apparently 18 gangs from South L.A. involved, and it's gotten much worse Mm -hmm. in the past uh, year or so, um, especially since uh, there's a a Los Angeles County District Attorney. Gascon. The Angelinos feel. Gascon, yes, that, that his office is very reluctant to use what are called enhancements, provisions that allow prosecutors to give stiffer sentences for gang-related crime uh, and crime that causes grievous bodily injury, um, there are fewer people going away for a long time, you know, and um, what I'm hearing is that the LAPD winds up arresting and re-arresting the same people for violent crimes, alleged violent crimes. There's also a lot of liberalizing of the bail um, uh, policies so that people are getting out on bail more and more, including for alleged violent crime. So we're not just talking about for, you know, having a joint or actually that's legal now in California. So maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> yeah, if you've been to California, you'd get arrested for not having a joint at this point. <laughs> like, sir, where's right. your needle? <laughs> right. So my point is just that, you know, now we're seeing policies that are not just directed at, um, you know, petty crime mm-hmm. sort of thing where, yeah. you know, you, you you have a push for criminal justice reform for nonviolent offenders. Now we're seeing this for allegedly violent offenders. Which, and, you know, it's it's creating a climate of more violent crime. Oh, it's 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 insane to watch. We're talking to the great Heather Robinson, if you're just joining us. She has a fantastic article out today in the New York Post about the scourge of follow-home robberies in L.A. So let me ask you this. As someone who walks around with a ton of bling, have you taken out your gold uh-huh. teeth and your chains? No, and in all seriousness, I, I, you know, I would not advise anyone going to a big city right now mm-hmm. to wear a lot of bling or yep. carry their, you know, Prada bag or their wear their Rolex. I That's mean, nuts. I don't mean to make light of any of this, but you yeah. know, save save your jewelry for when you go visit the Queen's Jubilee. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. know, this the Queen. Yo, Heather, I don't get those assignments here at Fox. They sent me to Astoria, Queens. I went to the Queen's Jubilee in the borough. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I didn't get the well, Buckingham. Palace invite. I got the White Castle invite, but yes, I'm with you. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess I, I would see save your jewelry for the you know in case you do get invited to the Queen's Jubilee, <laughs> you know, in in England. Because right now in America, I don't think it's safe to wear uh, bling in big cities, uh, especially L.A. Yeah, no, L.A. is really bad. Uh, I'm going to be there the first week of July. 
and uh, we have to, like, shoot a package for the 4th of July special on Fox. And I was like, uh, can we do this in a studio? Like, I don't want to see the camera get stolen off the Santa Monica Pier. And then I got to go, like, chase the guy and make a citizen's arrest because I know it is. It's that bad. What's amazing, Heather, and, you know, maybe you could speak on this a little bit, is I think there's an indifference when it comes to elected officials because they themselves aren't really subjected to this. You know, they have mm-hmm. security details. It's like the people pushing defund the police all had mm-hmm. security mm-hmm. details. But my question is, mm-hmm. do you think people now have woken up to the fact that it's so much bigger than politics? You know, it used to be people would almost vote against their own self-interest if it meant denying the other side a win. But do you think mm-hmm. the quality of life has gotten so compromised that we might finally be beyond that? Yeah, I think so. I think the pendulum may be swinging, Jimmy. And one thing that I I unearthed in talking to an LAPD captain, his name's Tippett, who's founded a follow home robbery task force in Los Angeles to try and address this, is that the victims are disproportionately minorities. Uh, my piece was uh, built around one story of a heroic young man. He happens to be an African-American. He was um, a star athlete and on full scholarship at UC Davis, a running back. He was in Los Angeles to visit uh, and be with a young man he had mentored. And they went out to a club, a group of people, and some of the guys were wearing bling. And they were followed by the gangs and ambushed. And one of the gang members pointed a gun at an older man who was driving a luxury SUV they had rented. And this young man, Christopher uh, Martin is his name, he said he got in between the gang member and the driver, the older man, and said, no, please stop. And this gang member shot him in the head, point blank, for trying to protect this, this older man. So here you have a case where you know, you have a district attorney, L.A. County district attorney, who's saying that he's lightening these um, these uh, – he's going – he's avoiding use of enhancements in name of social justice. So he's essentially going softer on the gangs. But most of the victims of this follow-home robbery crime are minorities. Um, and the man I interviewed made the point that if, if this is supposed to be about delivering social justice to minorities, this, these policies, you know, this climate has made, you know, more, more innocent minority Americans victims um, in the past year than, than, than ever. So, you know, I think people are realizing that these are complicated issues, but you don't get reform by going soft on something like gang crime, which is a very premeditated organized it's organized crime basically yeah. you know this isn't something that's happening spontaneously out of nowhere you know because someone's hungry that you yeah. know these 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 are you know orchestrated crimes and and you know you got to be tough with with that kind of crime I mean, uh, you'd like to think, no. I mean, that's what's so crazy about it is that they haven't been tough. I mean, whether and it doesn't matter what city. I mean, even if you're talking about Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, you know, Mm -hmm. his response last night was, oh, you know, we got to go after the NRA. It's not NRA members, you know, that are shooting each other in inner cities. So there's still this this aspect of the death needs to be politically viable or it just doesn't matter. And that's mm-hmm. so crazy. It's like sociopathic to me, Heather Robinson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, you'd like to see a, a switch, but that's the one thing that I haven't seen change is that there mm-hmm. are plenty of shootings they're willing to cover. But, you know, mm-hmm. for every one that we cover, there's a thousand that we won't because it contradicts yeah. the narrative. 
Yes, yes. And so many children, so many American children, most of them African-American and minority children, dying every year um, in these these shootings, um, caught in the crossfire, killed by gangs, you know, and where is the outrage? Um, it's It's heartbreaking. It is. I mean, I think if the goal of this interview was to make everybody want to drink, I think we succeeded. <laughs> well, right. It's such a mess right. out there. You know, La- I know it's, last it's thing I got to throw tragic. at you, though, let me ask you this, because I was in yeah. I was in the Berg. We were doing an event from WJAS out in Pittsburgh, and then we oh. I hosted the Founders Dinner, where Herschel Walker, uh, who will probably be a oh, senator wow. in the great state of Georgia, I had to present him with the Founders Award, and he gave a big silly speech and stuff like that. Um, the Berg, I was, this is what I wanted to ask because we're launching on two more stations out there next week also. Um, how often are you out there? I'm here, Jimmy. I'm here. I'm mostly in the Berg. I I sort of moved back for the pandemic and, you know, I, I kind of never left. So I'm a New York post writer, but I'm, I'm here in the heartland and I'm, I'm, you know, right Um, here. You just waving your terrible towel, raising holy hell. Yep. I love it. I grew it. up here. No, Heather, mm-hmm. I, you know, I told you my family is in Ambridge and Beaver Falls. And, oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, we're launching. All the right moves. I'm sad. Right there you go. Here. There you go. And uh, we're launching next week on two new stations out there we'll be talking about on the show. So I'm going to be back out there as the point, Heather Robinson. We could do one of these in person. How yes. about that? Yes, let's do it. Oh, Heather Robinson. There. It's a thing. This, this, this relationship has really escalated. It started out with I needed you to consent to being my friend. Now you're like co-hosting the show in person. It's really – I see how you move. It's very manipulative, yes. but it's effective, Heather. Um, well, listen, I will make everybody go to the New York Post and check out this article. It's, it's very well written like everything you do. And uh, thank you for thank being you. a damn good friend of the thank show. Thank you, Jimmy. You're the best. Thank you. There okay. She, there she goes, the legendary Heather yes. Robinson, the pride of Pittsburgh. She's out in the 412, the 724, however you roll. Uh, we're out here in New York, which is just a mess, but we will clean it up after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
Folks, it does not get any dumber than New York City, the New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When you're right, you're right. You're right. She is just weapons-grade stupid, okay? There's so much to share, but she just dropped one during the commercial break. That was justification for us to strike up that Marshall Tucker Band parody and salute her via song. Justin, can you play the new AOC for me? I also have a mini rant about this because there are some politicians, including Democratic politicians, that rail against the term Latinx. And they're like, this is so bad. This is so bad for the party, like blah, blah, blah. And like, it's almost as though it has not struck some of these folks that another person's identity is not about your reelection prospects. Like, (laughs) this is not about you. Second of all, if putting a little X on your campaign literature is what you think is the difference between winning or losing an election, you need to talk about healthcare more. You need to raise people's wages. You need to talk about more issues that also matter to people. Shut up! Will you shut up? Latinx, just so we're all on the same page, is a term that white people, white liberal people, created and coined as a way of pandering to Latino voters. Correct the mundo. It's one of the reasons why Democrats have lost 26 points with Latino voters. They're forcing new language on them. They're creating new oppression mile markers by saying, well, anyone who doesn't call you Latinx, they're discriminating. They're racist. Except there's only one problem. 98.4% of Latinos say they've never heard the term Latinx. Do you want to know why? Because it doesn't come from their community. I admire your honesty. But this is why the Democrats are, are, are hemorrhaging support with Latino voters. They're prioritizing pretend things. Okay, Latino voters don't want a degendered language. Okay, they didn't ask for that. They don't want the Democratic policies of demonizing the rich. You don't, you know, migrate to this country to demonize success. You migrate to this country because you aspire to success. That's what America is built on. Hundreds of millions of migrants over the years who have come to this country and built a successful life for themselves and their families. In the 245 years since this country has been founded, literally hundreds of millions of people have come here and made a better life for themselves. And that's why people migrate to the country. But the Democrats think they're going to win support by telling everybody they're oppressed. But it doesn't work with people who fled real oppression. Okay, it doesn't square with anybody who's just paying attention. That wasn't even AOC's dumbest soundbite of the week. She was talking earlier about how we're living in an oligarchy now, which is hilarious because the Democrats were elected <laughs> to, for control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. But AOC wants you to believe it's not really a democracy. Here it is, clip 27. It is becoming increasingly difficult for people to defend the stance that we live in a democracy, in a true one. And what the real truth of the matter is, is when you look at the fact that our elections are bought, that corporations have, and lobbies, powerful corporate lobbies have more say in our legislation than everyday people, 
We are living in oligarchy that has its democratic moments. You don't have a clue. Is there anyone stupider on the planet of Earth than AOC? The answer would be no. I mean, come on, man. Folks, what the Democrats are slandering is voter suppression in the state of Georgia. That new voter ID law has seen a 220% increase in early voting. Early voting is up 220% under what Joe Biden described as Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids. Well, apparently Jim Crow better call up his personal trainer and ask for his money back. Because the things you're decrying as suppression have increased turnout. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. We got a big hour of radio coming up with James Comer. He is, of course, a superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky, otherwise known as the Bourbon Trail. And the way things are going in this country right now, let's be honest, everybody could use a drink. I admire your honesty. It is a messy one, but we'll try to clean it up in this hour at 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. You could be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... And everybody listening knows those rules, but we are on a new station today, The Legends, down at WENG, down in the great state of Florida, are listening to us for the very first time. Uh, They are, of course, in the great city of Englewood, Florida, the information station. If you're on 98.1 FM, 107.5 FM, or 1530 AM, you know, welcome to this movement, but I will say it again. Okay, the reason this show grows is not because I am the star, it's because we created a program where everybody, everybody is kind of a part owner in this show. Like over the weekend, I was up in Utica uh, performing at the Fat Cats Comedy Club, getting thrashed (laughs) with our fans who are the most amazing people in the world. But when you've got to do five comedy shows in a weekend, okay, and the first thing that happens when you walk on stage at the first of five shows Friday night is a guy waiting for you in the front row with a beer and a shot. This could be a problem. But that's how it went down in Utica this weekend. So again and again and again, because we have more road dates coming up. We're going to be up at the Spanked Puppy in Burlington, Vermont, on Friday, June the 17th. I'm dying to meet all of you, but you don't actually have to try and kill me. Like me and Lincoln used to play this little children's game. It was a board game called Pop the Pig where you'd press on the pig's stomach till it would, like, explode. You'd keep, like, feeding it. And it was like a children's game from, like, Hasbro. Um, When I go on the road, like, I'm pumped up to see you guys, but you don't actually have to play Pop the Pig. Like, (laughs) I'm doing enough of that on my own. Have you seen me on TV lately? Oh, good goodness, man. I'm a mess. Uh, But in this hour, it is not an... Culinary intervention for Jimmy Fallon. We're going to stage an intervention for Pete Booty Judge. What a loser. I mean, Pete Booty Judge, by the way, he really does look like Mr. Bean. Like, I was watching him this morning. He looks like Mr. Bean with a curfew because he's like 12 years old. Remember, he ran for president. He had to be home by the time the streetlights were on, so he couldn't do the nighttime debates. Pete Booty Judge basically called out over the weekend on gas prices. 
And this was a problem for the entire Biden administration as a whole, whether it was, you know, Gina Raimondo or it was Pete Buttigieg. They were trying to pass the buck on whose fault it is, on how we solve the problem. But the issue they keep coming back to is they're running a playbook. It doesn't work anymore. What I mean by that, just so everybody understands, is under Donald Trump, our politics got so divisive, not because of Trump, but because of how he was being treated by members of the actual media. I agree with that. Okay, yes, Trump said controversial things. Trump picked a lot of fights. But no president in history was treated worse than Donald Trump. Oh, he's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Wrong. But when that Mueller probe came and went, they didn't, you know, all of a sudden adopt some type of decorum and go, screw it, we're going to treat him right now. They just went in worse. Oh, he's a white supremacist. Wrong. Oh, he's in bed with Ukraine. Wrong. You know, it went on and on. He slandered veterans. Wrong. None of this stuff happened. But again and again and again, they ratcheted up the hatred for Donald Trump and conservatives so much that for a while there, just saying you hated Trump was enough to get you support. People did it all over the country. We nationalized our politics. People were now running for county comptroller, and their ads would say, he'll stand up to Donald Trump. And you're like, what do you mean? It's nothing Donald Trump does that actually affects him. I mean, that's what Bill de Blasio, who's the worst mayor in the history of this city, ran for reelection by telling liberals in town he'd stand up to Donald Trump. They're crazy. Totally crazy. But there was a whole cottage industry of people who spent most of their day hating Donald Trump so they wouldn't have to look inward at things they hated about themselves. He knows what he's talking about. And that was a viable playbook because the country was doing well under Donald Trump. We had the lowest recorded unemployment rate in history. Okay, we had illegal border crossings cut by 80%. We had NATO allies finally paying their fair share. We got out of that ridiculous Paris climate change agreement. And oh, by the way, the Iranian nuclear deal, which was of course entered into under Barack Obama, that gave $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, okay, we were thriving under Trump in a way that we're not thriving now. So we no longer have the luxury of just hearing a political buzzword and being like, fine, you've got my support. Oh, MAGA? All right, yeah, no, fine, Pete Booty Judge, we're with you. Oh, Putin's price hike? Okay, Pete Booty Judge, we're with you. Okay, people know that prices have been rising in this country for 14 months. The San Francisco Fed traces the root of inflation back to what? The actual day that Joe Biden print and spent $1.9 trillion under the guise of American rescue. That is financial lunacy. It was financial lunacy, number one, because we print and spent money we didn't have. But number two, it was supposed to be a COVID bill. Nine percent of the money actually went to COVID. What a fraud. So understand that Biden caused inflation. Okay, yes, Putin invading Ukraine had an inverse, adverse anyway, impact on gas prices, but only because we have become energy dependent again. Under Donald Trump, we were energy independent, which means what Vladimir Putin does does not affect us here at the pump. Now we're back to being dependent on world events again. Now we're back into a position where we're getting ready to buy oil 
from places like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, places that burn it far filthier than we do, do you understand? So when the environmental wackos in the Democratic Party go, oh, we're cutting emissions because we're saving the environment. You're not telling me the truth. The Democrats are bigger polluters, bigger polluters by cutting production in this country because in this country we produce it cleaner. So by producing it in other parts of the world, you understand we're not cutting consumption. All we're doing by cutting consumption at home is increasing consumption abroad. And, oh, by the way, now it's not only getting produced in a far filthier manner, but we now have to ship it to our country, which also requires fuel. Bingo. So when you hear guys like Pete Booty Judge telling you what they're telling you about Putin and everything in between, the reason people don't let him get away with it anymore is the consequences are so dire that we don't take your word for it. You know, you could yell under Trump, oh, racism, MAGA, white nationalists. And for enough people, they were like, yeah, they didn't even need the facts. Don't ever forget that. Joe Biden ran for president by saying it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. That's what he ran on. Those exact words. He refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. So I'm running for president. It's a battle for the soul of our nation. And that narrative that the media ran with, Trump refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. That was accepted as fact, despite the fact that Trump outwardly condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists right off the top of his remarks. Here they are in August of 2017. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group. Whoa, did you hear that? We had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. They can be condemned totally. Did anyone in the media say anything at all about that? No. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It was the lead of the New York Times and the Washington Post the next day. Trump refuses to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. And that was an acceptable way of doing business for four years. But now people need facts because, yeah, they got rid of big bad Trump that they all hated so much, but the country's worse off. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Wasn't there under Trump. Gas prices were $2 cheaper under Trump. The border was 80% more secure under Trump. Okay, the Taliban wasn't sitting in charge of Afghanistan with $80 billion of our weapons. Okay, and we weren't sending $40 billion to Ukraine at a time when we were facing a shortage of baby formula here in America. All of these things going on weren't going on under Trump, which is why when you just start yelling Trump in a crowded theater, people aren't buying it anymore. Okay, here is Beat Booty Judge. He's now trying to blame it on, oh, it's the oil company. Listen to all of this, Booty Judge. It's all pathetic. Here's clip eight to start. But we also know that the price of gasoline is, is not set by a dial in the Oval Office. And when an oil company is deciding hour by hour how much to charge you for a gallon of gas, uh, they're not calling the administration to ask what they should do. Uh, they're doing it based on their goal of maximizing their profits. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay. The oil companies and any company as a whole, okay, they are actually, are you ready for this, setting prices based on something called supply and demand. If the supply 
and the demand, okay, merit that they raise prices, they raise prices. Okay, if the supply is low but the demand is high, prices are going up. If the supply is big but the demand is low, prices are going down. One of the reasons prices went so far down at the beginning of the pandemic was because nobody was driving. Everybody was staying home. So at that point, Donald Trump went out and bought more strategic oil reserves when gas was cheap in an effort to help us. And the Democrats tried to block it, saying, hey, we can't. No, that's more fossil fuels. We don't want to defend, you know, depend on fossil fuels. So now here we are releasing a million barrels a day of our strategic oil reserves. And now we have to buy it back at double the price. But Pete Buttigieg and the Democrats flat out lying when they try to blame it on greedy oil companies. Here's more of it. Clip nine. It's been very striking right now to see these oil companies uh, who have become almost ridiculously profitable. And you hear these oil executives on the record talking about how they're not going to increase production. Uh, Why would they? They're doing great right now. It's why the president has called for a use it or lose it policy, where if you're sitting on these thousands of permits like these oil executives have been and you're not doing anything with them, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Now, so far, congressional Republicans have blocked action to do something like that. But we think that's another step that would make a difference among the many, many steps the president's already taken. You're a bald faced liar. Do you want to know why in some instances people aren't drilling where they have permits? Because sometimes they don't have leases, okay? And because the bureaucratic level of regulation has made certain instances not cost-effective to be drilling in areas that aren't ascertained as being bountiful, as being pro- pro, you know productive places. But again, he's just throwing random terms in there like, oh, leases and permits and Biden and Republicans. Those are the buzzwords. Republicans, because he wants you thinking Republicans. This is why you think Biden. But the problem is when you go to the pump right now, you can't afford to pay for gas. Republicans didn't do that to you. The Democrats did. So any world where you can just throw out political buzzwords to get people worked up, it might help you with your TV appearances, but it's not helping anybody at the pump. And that's why the Democrats are screwed, whether they accept that reality or not. Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me. Her brain is so empty. They push green energy. It is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and...
and I'm totally screwed. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What a weekend. What a weekend it was. A lot of, uh, I say this all the time, man. You know, when you're putting together like a fantasy football team, you need a quarterback that can pass. But there's nobody who passes the football the way Democrats pass the buck, uh, especially when it comes to inflation. Listen to this clip from Gina Raimondo. She's your Commerce Secretary diving right in on Putin and COVID. That's the problem. Here it is, clip 23. We will get inflation under control. We just have to stick with it and see it through. You know, I think it's worth noting that gas prices are up $1.40 a gallon since Putin moved troops troops into uh, Ukraine. The reality is um, the cause of this inflation is the supply chain problems that were caused by COVID. I mean, come on. You're alive. Okay, Putin going into Ukraine only matters because we killed our energy independence. Joe Biden got in and did what? Declared war on the fossil fuel industry, said we're no longer going to offer subsidies, which is why you're not seeing as much, you know, drilling. Pete Buttigieg keeps talking about, well, how come they're not drilling right now where they have the permits? Oh, I don't know, because you ended the subsidies. It's no longer profitable in some instances. But when you're trying to paste this on Putin and COVID, what you're completely discounting is that real economists trace the root of inflation back to the American Rescue Plan on the inflation side. On the gas side, it's us no longer being energy independent. Gas had gone up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And again, Putin invading Ukraine only affects us, only affects us, because we killed off our energy independence. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. We said it at the time, and it came back to bite us in the butt, and that's where we are. Okay, here's John Roberts. Not accepting the answer from Gene Sperling, who's a senior advisor to the president. It's clip 12. Let me say a few things. I mean, number one, uh, in understanding why gas prices have gone up, January 17th, that is the day Putin moves troops to the border of Belarus and Ukraine. Uh, but, gas but the prices, prices are at $3.31. The prices were going up prior no. to that, though. I know, but they were they they had gone up, but they were up at three dollars and thirty one cents. What you just said is they're at four dollars and eighty two cents now. Mm-hmm. They've gone up a dollar fifty, you know, because of the unthinkable Russian aggression so, so, in Ukraine. So, that's so back, number, so back to that's my number one. Not even close. Do you understand? Okay. You can blame Putin all you want, but Putin only affects America because of what Joe Biden did. Tell it like it is. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So you heard Secretary Yellen this week said she got it wrong about inflation. In July, you told Bloomberg that inflation would be temporary about a year ago. As recently as six months ago, you were calling inflation a, quote, short-term problem, not a long-term problem. So you got it wrong, too. 
Yeah, good morning. Good to be with you. Um, so clearly we are and Americans are struggling with inflation, uh, but I don't think anyone predicted Putin's war uh, in Ukraine or various other things that have happened that have been unexpected. I still think, uh, you know, we will get inflation under control. We just have to stick with it and see it through. You gotta do better than that. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to stick with the Biden plan on inflation. And you know it's bad when CNN is throwing the challenge flag. CNN is the worst. Joining me now to back me up on all of that and so much more, superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky, Representative James Comer is back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? When CNN is turning on the Biden administration, like something's going on. You know, we're supposed to be on the lookout for anything strange or unusual. Would you not classify that as strange and unusual? It's strange and unusual, but even CNN has their limits. You know, this (laughs) Biden energy policy is going to be the wrecking point of the whole American economy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. It's so let crazy. me say this. I, I just I want you to clarify this for me because I was talking to my listeners about this earlier. Okay, this idea that we're going to go buy gas from other parts of the world where they produce it in a filthier fashion means, in theory, Biden is actually making the environmental situation worse by not drilling here at home. No, no, that's exactly right. And there's no we don't know what type of energy environmental policies these other countries have. You you would assume they're significantly worse than ours. These other countries don't have an EPA. They don't have an OSHA. Mm -hmm. uh, They don't have labor laws. uh, They don't have carbon emission standards or goals. But yet he's wanting to uh, buy oil from those countries. And, And if we go to his dream of electric vehicles, All the rare earth minerals are going to be mined by child labor in horrible environmental and and, uh, social conditions in these third world countries. So the Biden energy policy, the Biden electric car dream, uh, they didn't think this out very well. And I think CNN has caught on to this and they said, all right, let's go back to. Uh, cheaper gas prices because the average American can't afford these these gas prices. They can't afford this Biden pipe dream. Yeah, that's what's so crazy. We're talking to Representative James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Is Biden, they've really shown an indifference to what the average American can, can and can't afford by continuing to push electric cars as if that's a solution. If you don't have five bucks for gas, you don't have 57,000 bucks for a car. But when they get out there and keep yelling about Putin, it's Putin's fault and everything in between, Vladimir Putin's actions only affect Americans at the pump because of what Joe Biden did to the fossil fuel industry when he took office, no? That's exactly right. If you'll remember in my House Oversight Committee, the Democrats had all the energy CEOs early on in the Biden administration. They lined them up hoping that that would be a hearing like with the big tobacco company CEOs a a few decades ago. And they asked them all, after they shamed them for three or four hours, they asked them all if they would take a pledge to cut production, Mm -hmm. to cut production. Now, the Biden administration is asking other countries to, to increase production. They're not going to, you know, they don't, they still want to declare their war on the uh, American energy companies to please their liberal socialist base. But they're starting to recognize, they're starting to look at the poll numbers, and they're starting to hear from uh, everyday Americans that can't afford to fill their cars up with gas. They can't afford to pay for the increased cost of uh, shipping goods and and everything else that's affected by higher gas prices. So they're they're trying to secretly get 
more production from foreign countries, and that's just terrible policy, terrible energy policy, terrible domestic policy. I know, and it's 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 so frustrating because it's the kind of crisis that is solvable internally, and it's I've just it's amazing to see a president. Uh, who's just not reliant on America in any way. It's just amazing to see a president who's just not openly prioritizing America because none of this helps America. Uh, And, you know, when we talk about releasing the strategic oil reserves, as he did, that, of course, drove the prices up. And now they're yelling at us about greedy oil executives when, in truth, this is all about supply and demand. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they don't have to acknowledge the truth, but Americans are faced with that truth, which is why the Democrats are polling where they are. They're being sold a reality that's just so different from the one that they live in. You know, whether we're talking about gas, whether we're talking about inflation, even with the border. You know, the Democrats would have you believe this is some type of a Republican manufactured crisis. But the border is not even a Texas problem or an Arizona problem. It's a 50 state problem. Yeah, the Democrats are starting to realize their socialist, big government, politically correct dream uh, just doesn't pencil out. Uh, People aren't willing to shift to uh, non-fossil fuels if they have to pay $10 a gallon at the gas pump. As you said earlier, Jimmy, they cannot afford electric vehicles. If people are struggling to fill up their their, uh, Toyota Camrys with gas, they're not going to be able to afford an electric vehicle. And if you look at all the all the policies with the border that's let uh, the fentanyl cross across the border, the human trafficking, every little town in America now has a, a human trafficking case within 30 miles from where they live, even in rural America like where I represent. This is because we don't have a secure border. Crime is up everywhere. We see that on the news every day. Uh, this non-secure border is an issue with the voters. The inflation is an issue with voters. And you said uh, said it best, it's supply and demand. Democrats don't understand supply and demand. They must have taken philosophy or sociology classes in college. They didn't take economics classes because if you print money, that leads to inflation. If you cut production in, say, oil, it's going to raise the price. And the Democrat policies have done these two things. They've created inflation and created skyrocketing uh, energy prices because of a shortage of production in America. And now the even places like CNN are saying, hey, enough's enough. We've got to get back to some common sense in this country. Oh, it's such a great point. We're talking to Representative James Comer, and I know that. And believe me, nobody was ever copying off me on a test in high school. Ever, you know, (laughs) if I know that, you know, and I'm not a financial whiz. I spend most of my 20s investing in blackjack tables. And uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but those casinos aren't getting bigger because people like me are making money at the blackjack tables, you see. I've heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Uh, Let me throw this one at you, because there's been in the aftermath, we've had a couple of horrific shootings in this country, and the knee-jerk reaction has been to come after the NRA and, you know, law-abiding citizens here in this country. Why are the Democrats, and and I, I do believe I'm right in saying this, they're kind of indifferent to the idea of targeting the people doing this, meaning insane people. People coming from, you know, broken home scenarios without a strong paternal presence, whether it's a father or a mother. Why are we not going after the individual and, and blaming society instead? Well, you're going to see that debate this week in Congress. Uh, over the next four days, Pelosi scheduled, I think, eight gun control votes mm-hmm. in Washington. And that's the argument that Republicans are going to make. The argument you just said there, the common sense argument. Uh, we believe in freedom. 
Uh, we don't believe in a nanny state in, in big government. And, you know, if you could just pass a bill to end gun violence, why don't the Democrats go ahead and pass a bill to end poverty mm-hmm. or end homelessness uh, or, or in, uh, pass a bill to make Russia get rid of their nuclear weapons? I mean, you know, the Democrats are trying to oversimplify the problem when we've got a mental health crisis. We've got liberal DAs. We've got cities that have already experimented with uh, banning guns, cities like Chicago and Washington, D.C., that have the highest rate of gun violence in America now. Yep. Uh, all you're doing is making it harder for law-abiding citizens to, to get weapons. You can't legislate against evil, and that's what's happening in America, and, and that's honestly what's been happening in America for, for at least a decade now. We have a different society. Uh, the young people are under a whole different set of, of pressures that they were when, when I was growing up in the late 80s and early 90s. You, you've got this social media thing. You've got video games that are very violent. You've got a breakdown of the family. Uh, you know, in, in my congressional district, uh, over, let's see, it was 20, about 25% of the kids now in public schools are raised by their grandparents because their parents have addiction problems. They, they have broken families they have you know just all sorts of issues and it's not a traditional family one i think that's affecting a lot of our young people and i think if you look into texas you had a lot of those those scenarios there the the violent video games the breakdown of the family and you know you, you obviously have mental health issues that weren't identified so these are the things that we need to be debating this week instead of uh, trying to uh, infringe upon law-abiding citizens' constitutional rights. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I think our, our audience is applauding you for that because what we feel in the aftermath of one of these shootings is obviously none of us are okay with this happening, right. but we're just all picking the wrong battle. And we keep coming back to the people who didn't do it as opposed to the ones who did. So it sounds like you got a busy week, man. Don't spend too much time on the bourbon trail in your district. I, I will not. I will not. I just passed by Buffalo Trace just oh, a moment ago. Good so, for uh, you. That's, I was thinking about you. Yeah, you just – well, thank you for that. What does it say about me as a host that when you drive by a whiskey distillery, you think about me? You know, Comer? <laughs> Is this an intervention? Is that why they had you call in today? No, we just want you to come back to Kentucky and spend more money. <laughs> you're, the, you're the best tourism ambassador in the world. All right, we'll be there soon. Right. But But thanks for some time today. Great job as always. Thank you, Jimmy. Be well. Representative James Comer wants me to come down to Kentucky and spend more money on the booze. Uh, come on, Comer. Have you heard this show? The nice thing about our show, in all honesty, is like, if we were drunk, you wouldn't know the difference. I mean, because it's just the same show one way or the other. But here's the thing, and he makes a really good point, and I'm going to piggyback off of this point, okay? this I One of the proposals that you heard a lot of in the aftermath of this Uvalde shooting was to further secure the schools. And no one was proposing that as a means of saying, well, there'll be no more shootings if we further secure the schools. They're saying that is just uh, but one way. We could make it a little bit harder. We could harden the target. Okay, because 90% of these shootings take place in gun-free zones, number one. But number two, when you're talking about a school, you know, we have seen, especially in the case of Uvalde, Uh, a shooter having much easier time getting into the school. But what's happening in our country now, and it's so frustrating, okay, is that there's a lot of conflation because people want what they want. The Democrats are hell-bent on some other form of gun control. 
understand that enhanced background checks, Bill Hemmer said this on the show earlier today, enhanced background checks would not have stopped the Sandy Hook tragedy. They would not have stopped the shooting in Uvalde. They would have not have stopped the Buffalo shooting massacre. Again, I don't like being able to recite this many tragedies. I think it's just as bad as anyone else does. But you understand what we're proposing is not being proposed based on solving the problem. It's not being um, proposed, you know, in the good faith manner of, but we're also open to what you think. It's being proposed as do this or you're a murderer. And in an effort to score a political win, because the politics are always more important than the people, there's a lot of conflation. What I mean by conflation is oftentimes the Democrats will take something the right is doing and spin it as if it had a different purpose. A good, good example of that is thoughts and prayers. When you see someone tweet that they're sending thoughts and prayers after a strategy, Democrats will be like, I don't want to hear your thoughts and prayers. They're not working. Yeah, they're not offered as a solution to the problem. They're offered as a gesture of compassion, as a means of saying, hey, I know you're going through some unimaginable hell right now. We're with you. That's what the thoughts and prayers are. It's showing them a little more consideration and space. As opposed to the Democrats being like, hey, I heard somebody you know just got shot. Vote for me. Gun control. Let's go. And anyway, as it pertains to, you know, the conflationary aspect of that, they're trying to depict thoughts and prayers as the Republican answer to gun violence. The Republican answer to gun violence, just so you understand, okay, is, yes, a targeted approach to enhancement for the mental health problem in this country. It is a return to the Judeo-Christian values we founded the country on. It is support for a nuclear family where these kids grow up in an environment with a strong paternal presence, okay? Yes, in an ideal world, kids would have a dad in the home, a strong dad who offered strong leadership and accountability, but let's not for a second kid ourselves because there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of kids who do grow up without a dad in the home and turn out just fine because they have kick-ass moms who don't take no for an answer. So I'm not saying you have to have one, but it'd be nice to have one in an ideal scenario because statistics show that the nuclear family is producing better kids on the whole. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of kids who grow up, come from prosperity, have two parents, and turn out to be garbage. So there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. But the bottom line is we have continuously denigrated the nuclear family. What the Republicans want is they want the laws in this country enforced. What Republicans want is an honest conversation about guns. The term assault rifle, very broad, and it doesn't mean AR-15. But Democrats like Pete Buttigieg, who like to conflate words, Okay, here's a good example of that. This is this is Pete Buttigieg telling us that Republicans looking to secure doors think that's the only solution. Here it is. Clip 28. The idea that us being the only developed country where this happens routinely, especially in terms of the mass shootings, is somehow a result of the design of the doorways on our school buildings is the definition of insanity, if not the definition of denial. You're a loser. Okay, folks, nobody, nobody, nobody said that these school shootings, okay, are the result of the design of doorways in our school buildings. Nobody said that, Pete Booty Judge. 
That's conflation. We said, hey, maybe if you, you know, one one thing we could approach is making it harder to get in or out of the schools. I can't see how anybody in their right mind would argue that. But Pete Buttigieg, you see, who is just a piece of garbage politician, isn't on TV looking to push solutions. He's on TV looking to push the Democratic agenda. What an idiot. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A historic day by any metric. One, because it's our first day broadcasting on the legendary WENG down in Englewood, Florida. The information station, but if we're being honest, the bigger headline, as much as I'm flattered to be on WBNG, is it is the 78th anniversary of D-Day, where the greatest generation took to the beaches of Normandy and raised holy hell and kicked all kinds of ass and turned the tides in World War II and saw to it that freedom won the day. And there's no way I could, in good conscience, host a show called Fox Across America without saluting some of the greatest guys and gals America has ever seen. I grew up in the first suburb, uh, America's first suburb, Levittown, New York, which was, of course, built for American GIs returning home from the war. They bought houses with GI Bill. They put up their above-ground pools and drank their cheap canned beer. That's me. I grew up around a lot of old men. You should never make a sudden move around. Or they might snap on you, have a little bit of a flashback. Or I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. We had a lot of that. But you know what? Those beatings came in handy. And they kept us playing good ball. They gave us a healthy respect for authority. You know, kept us thinking about the greater good, not our own individual self-absorbed smartphone-toting selves. So this buds for you, greatest generation. But as for the rest of you, the show's over. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.